Glad you could join us for episode 94 of Fatalist. My name is Dave, and I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Wayne. And it seems like we're always wondering whether or not it's going to snow, but more importantly, whether or not we're going to be going to work tomorrow. Yeah. Well, this is exam week, so it's not necessarily the week we actually want snow because it just really messes things up otherwise. But uh, yeah, yeah, but you know, I'll take it. Yeah, I'll take it now. Pay later. So, uh, you know, regardless, we're glad to be back again. Another great episode. And, you know, if you guys would like to talk about it, uh, we'd love to hear from you via email, fatalistpodcast at gmail.com, website at fatalist.podbean.com, where you can leave a voicemail via the speak pipe tab. You can also record your own audio clips, send the MP3 as an attachment, or just tweet us, as a lot of people have been doing, at Dave underscore and underscore Wayne. But as I said before, it's probably easier just Google Fatalist, Twitter, and the link will be there. Now, tonight we're here to discuss Season 5, Episode 7 of Lost Girl, starring Anna Silk, Chris Holden-Reed, Zoe Palmer, and my favorite, Rachel Scarston. But... Uh, you know, another great episode. I'm telling you, it's like the writers are really on the money this season. Yeah, this one was particularly good. Uh, this is probably my favorite so far this season. I mean, this season's been pretty good, I'll, I'll admit. Uh, there hasn't been any stinkers, uh, as you know, the lack of complaining from us has indicated. But this one was uh, particularly strong. And it started off really you know, just awesome right from the start. But we're not talking yeah, about I mean- that just yet. Well, right, right. But uh, I just really like the progress they're making. But, you know, we want to acknowledge some of the listeners. Uh, Gabriella G asks us via Twitter, when are we going to get new Dark Angel episode podcasts? I'd like to know how you guys like the remaining episodes of the series. And Wayne, as you and I have talked about, we plan to get back to it in the Lost Girl hiatus. So basically in another week or two. I mean, we'll probably take one week off after Lost Girl goes into hiatus and then come back and hopefully finish off the season. We don't really know when Lost Girl's going to come back for the back eight. Right, but we could definitely, I think, get through the rest of Dark Angel, maybe even do season two of Dark Angel. Um, yeah. Early, because it's not supposed yeah. to, it's not till like fall of 15, right? Well, I don't even know if they've said yet. I mean, maybe they did. I, I, I feel like I now, saw but... that somewhere that it's coming back in, in fall of 2015, but I'm not, not positive. Don't quote me on that. But either way, yeah, we should be able to knock out a big chunk. And and as to how we like it, well, I, I think we can still say we love it. Yeah, absolutely. So, and it's yeah. just like, now, just thinking about this, like in that tweet, it's like, you know, like our organizational structure here is just you know, totally random. You know, like you think we went through like, what, eight, nine episodes of Dark Angel, then, okay, we're going to stop that. Now we do Lost Girl. And, uh, yeah, but not like, so much random. We knew it was going to happen. I know. We knew it. We knew we'd get back to it. Sure, sure. But uh, I just think now, I, I, I find it amusing. Yeah. Now, as long as we're talking about Twitter, we'd also like to thank listeners for favoriting and retweeting Fatalist. Uh, Migray Bell, Tara McAuliffe, Taltos, Corinne Swint, Davia Archibald, Robert Barr, Mia Taskinen, just to recognize a few. And, and really, guys, we really appreciate it. So uh, we can't thank you enough. Yes. Um, and did Taltos send you the enhanced content this week? Well, if I say yes, you're going to ask me why. Because I didn't once send it again, to you. you didn't send it to me. Yeah. See, I think you, you do it so you can just lord it over me when it happens. You're like, oh, I know, I know more than you do. You know, kind of like that. <sighs> Crap. I don't, right. I don't appreciate. Anyway. <laughs> All right. Well, speaking of knowing more, uh, you got some good stuff for us in Project X this week. I do. There's a lot of good stuff. There's like as I'm watching, I'm like, ooh, loads of Project X stuff. But I'll try to keep it concise. 
Um, first thing I want to talk about the Greek goddess Hera, who we find is in this, and, and basically once it was revealed that the the woman is Zeus, which we I threw out there, you threw out there, we threw that out there last week that she might be Zeus. Um, once it was established that she was Zeus, I'm like, well, okay, well then the dude, because it's kind of like role reversal, right? Like or gender role reversal, I should say. Yeah. So yeah. the dude got to be Hera, and and that's what it turned out to be. Uh, so Hera was a goddess of marriage and women, which again, ironically, in the body of a man here, uh, she is extremely vengeful, which is going to lead from, I'm going to throw this prediction out there right now, that this whole plan of the gods is going to fall apart through Hera. Because okay, you mean she's going to make some kind of mistake? No, or? she's gonna she's gonna bring vengeance down upon Zeus because he's gonna slight her in some way, or he's gonna you know I don't know I don't know what's gonna happen. She's gonna look at another guy, girl, whatever. Bo, maybe she might hook up with oh, Bo. I like eh? it. Eh? So you know, basically, Zeus is you know having sex with every woman who catches his eye out there, and Hera, here you are, the goddess of marriage. And you got to deal with this philandering husband. It's it's completely ridiculous, and I kind of feel for her a little bit. In kind of Greek mythology, she's always kind of like, seems like, I remember reading as a kid, I was like, what? why is Hera so uptight all the time? You know? And then yeah, you get to be a little older, you're like, oh, I, all right, I kind of get why she's uptight a little bit. Um, so here are some her main vengeful acts. Uh, the, the main one was Heracles. It was actually ironically named after her, but you know, again, uh, one of Zeus's dalliances, and he was ready to make Heracles like his heir, but uh, Hera actually delayed his birth, I think, by tying his mother's legs together or something, uh, so that his cousin was born first, and and then he would be the heir and everything. I don't know, it, was, it was really weird. Um, so that wasn't enough. So she feared she'd send snakes to Heracles's crib to kill the the baby Heracles, but of course he, you know, like choked, and there's like a, fame, a, lot, a lot of paintings of of Heracles killing snakes in his crib just as a baby. Um, and probably the worst thing uh, she did was uh, she made him go insane, and he killed his wife and children, which is really bad. And as a tragic element to the Disney movie of Hercules, whenever you watch it, like, I'm like, because like the big love story is between Hercules and Megara, and I'm like, yeah, but they get married and, and he's going to kill her and, and their children. <laughs> like there's not a happy ending to this movie. So anyway, next one is, uh, Lido who was Lida, I think, um, who was the mother of Artemis and Apollo. And basically Hera made it. So Lida would not be able to give birth on earth. So I can remember one of the guys made like a floating Island for her so she could, give birth but that was another one uh io is another one uh zeus actually turned her into a bull in order to uh hide her from hera uh hera wasn't fooled um sent a gadfly after io to sting her wherever she went so just another um and you know basically hera kind of started the trojan war because paris oh, yeah. judged her yeah. not the fairest of the goddesses so you know, Hera takes slights very badly, and she's extremely vengeful. That's why I think you know she's going to kind of undo this plot because she's Zeus is going to mess up somehow. And you already see the tension between the two of them, right? 
So, you know, he's going to, or Zeus is going to mess up. I shouldn't say he because he's in the body of a female, but Zeus is going to screw up and she's going to bring down vengeance and that's going to kind of the whole thing. All right. Um, one thing, because it kind of ties in with Lost Girl, is that the, we had talked about this actually, this thing about Tiresias, how uh, he was walking along one day, saw two snakes having sex, he struck them, and then he was immediately turned into a woman. He then went, had got married, had a family, had children. And then one day, a female Tiresias is walking around, sees snakes having sex again, strikes him again, bam, he's a man again. Or she, he, whatever, turns into a man again. Um, at which point, Zeus and Hera are like, well, we've always had this long-standing argument about who enjoys sex more, men or women. So, Tiresias, you're in a unique position of having experienced both. What do you say? And Tiresias, of course, sides with Zeus and says the men do, which makes Hera really super pissed, so she strikes him blind, at which point Zeus feels bad, because it is a little bit his fault that Teresa has been just struck blind, and so he gives him the gift of prophecy, which is probably, when, as far as Greek uh, mythology goes and Greek tragedy, is a dubious gift. So that's Hera. Um, anything you got to chime in about with Hera? Other than that, uh, she's going to need a new body. She is. It'll be interesting to see what uh, what body that that ends up being. Because cool. I guess it has to be a dead person, right? Uh, yeah, right. So Good point. Who knows? Maybe Hale will come back. I don't know. Uh, no. All right. So the next one is Eris, which is really weird. I mean, and I got all kinds of stuff to say about this when we talk about the episode itself. But Eris is the Greek god of love. Uh, we more commonly know him by his Roman name, which is Cupid. So there's a lot of different stories about Eris. Many of them have them as has him as a primordial god, like the fourth god ever, um, because of love, right? Love is like this basic thing. So if you're the god of love, obviously you were probably around since the beginning of time. We more commonly know him as the kind of chubby wind guy who's the son of Aphrodite who goes shooting arrows into human beings to make them fall in love. So um, actually, according to Aristophanes, Eros was the father of the human race. He mated with chaos, and that spawned human beings. So there's that. I don't think that really relates to what we saw in Lost Girl, though. Um, and what was, but what is relevant to Lost Girl, and probably the most famous story about Eros or Cupid, is the story of Cupid and Psyche. Um, Venus, and this is, a, a, the, I think, just the Roman I'm not sure if this is a Greek tale or not, so I'm going to use the Roman names. So Venus uh, becomes jealous of Psyche and basically sends Cupid to do a hit on her, like, get rid of this chick. You know, people are, are making sacrifices to her rather than me. And Cupid, of course, you see where this is going. Instead of killing her, he falls in love with her. And he carries her away. He actually gets the west wind to carry her away. And then, so every night he comes to her, but he's, she can't see him. He's like, refuses to be seen. So there's the invisibility thing, right? And um, so he, he comes and they do their thing, but she can't look at him or he's invisible or something like that. Um, and so she starts to think that maybe he's a monster. And there was like some prediction that she would give birth to like a monstrous dragon type thing. Uh, so Cupid, like she's getting lonely. So Cupid actually has the West Wind bring her sisters up to her. And her sisters convince her that she needs to get a look at what her husband looks like. So after they do their thing that night, she gets a, a lamp 
and she sees it's Cupid, and she's struck by how beautiful she is, um, and the fact that he's not a dragon-like monster. And so she actually spills hot oil on him from the lamp because she's so shocked. And he wakes up and takes off. And now she's all bummed out because uh, she realizes her mistake. And so to make up for it, she has to do like three tasks as penance. And they're, you know, it's really struggle, like laborious tasks. And um, after which she's all good. Um, Cupid makes a deal with Jupiter actually, so that Jupiter grants Psyche immortality and then Psyche and Cupid can live happily ever after, which obviously does not happen in Lost Girl. But, well, at least not so far. Well, anyway. I mean, Cupid, Eros gets killed, right? So, right. You know, that's it for yeah. that. That's what, it, it, it would appear that way. We can't really see him. We see the axe suspended in the air. Right. Well, the lightning, like Zeus struck her, right? Oh, right, right, right. Right. So, right. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, basically that's what I got for Project X this week. All right. Takes me back to a classical mythology class where, as I've mentioned to you before, I met my right. wife. Yeah, but you were struck by the arrow from Eros. Absolutely. So, all right, well, we're here to talk about Season 5, Episode 7, Here Comes the Night, written by Michael Grassi, directed by Paolo Bartzman, and it aired on January 18th, 2015. So, you know, Wayne, we've seen a lot of really impressive post-apocalyptic scenes on TV. And, and, you know, most of these TV shows, they don't have huge budgets like uh, major motion pictures. You, You think back, Dollhouse, Fringe, most recently, 12 Monkeys. I was pretty impressed with what they were able to do for the scene, you know, after the, the lightning bolt. Yeah. Attack. I, I mean, I actually wrote my notes. I mean, this looks, it looks like a movie, you know, they have the dark yeah. green filter, yeah. which is pretty commonplace for your post-apocalyptic stuff. But I mean, it looked like a movie. It really was like really well done. It did not look like television at all. It was pretty, pretty, pretty no. awesome. You know, um, and I don't usually do this, but I had a little bit more time because we had an extra day off because of the holiday on Monday. And and I read a, you know, it, it was more of a plot summary sprinkled in with some critique in it about this episode. And, and the reviewer commented on the opening scene and felt that it was too dark and, and saw that as a flaw, whereas I saw that as a plus that, you know, th- th- that the reviewer points out, well, you just couldn't see what was going on. And I guess I felt, well, that's kind of the point. Yeah. I mean, that's definitely the case. It was tough to see what was going on, but yeah, I, I agree that that seems like, I think that's what they were going for. You know, um, we're supposed to be confused and out of sorts and thinking this is unusual. So, well, we see Bo Dyson and Tamsin walking amidst this post-apocalyptic disaster. Uh, it must've just occurred because you see people screaming, many still trapped inside their cars you know, it's daytime, but like we said, there's this darkness to the scene, I guess, you know, really from the debris in the air. Right, yeah. I, there was like a point there where I thought, oh, is this, do we just flash forward like years into the future where, you know, the apocalypse happened ages ago and this is like what the earth has been reduced to? But no, it was something, it became obvious pretty soon that something terrible had just happened. Yeah, right. Because like with Dollhouse, we saw that twice. Right. Um, now, at first, we only see Dyson and Bo surveying the damage, freeing people from cars, and then Tamsin comes into the scene, and she compares it to battlefields that she's witnessed, and of course, we know that she's not exaggerating, because obviously, as a Valkyrie, that was what she did, um, but then it doesn't take long, tells Bo, well, as long as she's with her girl, they can take on anything, 
and yeah, yeah, that's the you yeah. What well, well, you know <laughs> right away, Bo wants to say something, opts not to, and it's then that she notices that her skill burned into the pavement. Does she say "Oh my gods" uh, as opposed to "Oh it. my god"? I, yeah, I believe she does. Um. Yeah, I just need to comment on the Tamsin thing because that's the only really part of this that kind of rang hollow, I guess is the way I say it. You know, that I guess we're so used to seeing this kind of jaded, hardcore Tamsin. So to see her like this opening up like that, it just still, I know she's been reborn. She's a new reincarnation of Tamsin. And it's her last life. Right. But it just seems like still so uncharacteristic of her to throw herself out like that. Yeah, you no, know? I agree. So, so I don't know. All right. Well, the other half of the opening scene were in Zeus's apartment, and she's got the three now sightless oracles chained together, each wearing an identical Grecian gown, though in a different color. Tells them to look alive. It's almost time, and they're mumbling, and we finally can make it out. Only in the darkness can we see the light. And then Zeus looks out the window, the black clouds begin dominating the sky, and then suddenly all of them just pop up off the couch, repeating, only in the darkness can we see the light, which is about as creepy as it gets. Yeah, it was pretty creepy. So, But at this point, you know, Wayne, what have we learned? You know, uh, the Fae, especially the ancients, are the Greek gods worshipped. Right. Now, are, are, or the, the other, the, the, the ancient gods are Fae. Right. The 12 Olympians. I mean, obviously we've got Zeus, uh, Hera. Certainly we've heard mention of Hades. Uh, As you mentioned, Elizabeth Helm, a.k.a. Zeus. uh, Kevin Brown, a.k.a. Hera. Then Iris, their daughter, is mentioned as Iris the Rainbow God. Right. Uh, We know the invisible monster, as you mentioned in in, uh, Project X, is Eros or Cupid. And we mm-hmm. learned that dated Ebony before choosing Psyche. Right. So we got a lot moving forward in this episode. All right. So, uh, yeah, we don't know, you know, no Poseidon, no Hephaestus. Not yet, no, anyway. No. Right. You know, all right. So, uh, localized lightning strikes have rendered the city an apocalyptic disaster area. You know, Lauren's running this triage center in her clinic. And, you know, we know the ancients are behind this, at least the, the, three ancients that we are privy to at this point but so far haven't been able to locate them you said privy (laughs) dyson's worried that somebody's going to use the chaos to steal lauren's serum and and i guess i'm still always confused is this the serum to turn ebony back to fey or is it to turn fey human well i think the serum that she has turns phase into human, right? Well, but she does have it to turn. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know either. I mean, clearly, Ebony thinks the cure is there in her clinic because obviously she goes after it later. Right, she on goes the rooting around for it. Yeah, right. Um, she risks her life to do it, actually, too. Right? Yeah. I mean, because she knows Eros is there and free. Yeah. So she's, you know, there's a strong possibility that she'll get killed. Uh, even with Vex helping her out. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And now, uh, Bo decides she's going to stay with Lauren to protect the serum, which certainly makes sense. And 
Tamsin kisses Bo before leaving with Dyson, and he kind of gives Bo the look like, dude, <laughs> you know, yeah. you got to do something here. That's that's exactly the look. It's the dude look. And Lauren gives her the same look, yeah. kind of like, dude. Yeah. Um, yeah. Now, Lauren's worried about Ebony's cryo box, and I, you know, I, I'd forgotten, uh, you know, that, that as she put in there the oldest most dangerous fay and and of course when we first learned that we had no idea what it was going to turn out to be but but right i totally forgot about that too and then i'm like what are they what, what is this oh, I'm, you know, and then I'm like and i remembered oh yeah ebony gave her this as a threat which it appears at first to be an empty threat yeah now the other thing i liked about all of this weather event if you will is that it really it, it kind of harkens back to shakespeare and julius caesar with all the you know the unnatural weather conjuring up all of these unnatural events yeah and, king lear Macbeth. yeah um, you know all hell's breaking loose tricks recounting that zeus was so disgusted with humans impiety that he flooded the earth to destroy mankind and you wonder is this you know where we're headed here or are the gods just you know, something to do. Yeah, well, that's the thing about the gods, right? They're very kind of capricious and just do stuff sometimes just to do stuff. Yeah, you know, yeah, whatever. I just, I felt like doing it. Right now, he well, tells Vex he tells Vex to go in the back to get a candle, and then Mark comes back and initiates a sexual encounter with Vex. Yeah, I wasn't, he sure did. I wasn't expecting that one. And, and Mark also keeps ex- uh, repeating that he loves storms. You know, now at first Vex is put off, then he gets into it, even though he mentions that your father would definitely not approve. Right. Um, and, yeah. And, you know, just obviously Vex is Vex. And, you know, the his rational mind tells him that this is the worst thing I could possibly do. But, that all gets kind of thrown out the window when what happens happens. Yeah. Which I have to ask, I don't think I've ever seen that in like mainstream television. Yeah. Yeah. At all. Like girl or guy doing that. Yeah. You could let be right. alone for them to stay with the shot for as long. And I know I'm a complete hypocrite with, I know I'm just like, obviously not necessarily super comfortable, but here, but, uh, you know, because like whenever it's like two girls were like, well, there's a great scene with two girls. And then it's two guys like, uh, oh, man. <laughs> well, you know, like you said, so, you, you really don't see it very much. Hypocrisy rears its ugly head here. What's that? I said hypocrisy rears its ugly head. Well, here. yeah. Um, you know, neither of them actually looked very comfortable, I, I, I will say, in that scene. Well, not at first, but he definitely gets into it. So, But, you know, like I mentioned, you know, in Julius Caesar, you've got the horses eating each other, the man running around with his hands on fire but not being burned, the owls out in the midday, lion walking passively down the street. So, you know, it kind of harkens back to that. Now, then we cut back to Dyson and Tamsin back at his place, and, and, and everything's dark. There's no power, so they're doing everything by flashlight, looking at his crime board. And then he mentions, you smell good wet. And I'm thinking, and of course she says, yeah, I do. And what's that all about? Is that part of the unnatural events that, that the two of them, I mean, we know the two of them have hooked up at least once. Right. So. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know either. Now, um, he does find a poster or no, I'm sorry. I think she finds the poster that Kevin Brown's wife put up 
right. and he he's like, you know, I told her to just get out of town, stop following us. And, and Tamsin explains, look, I would do the same thing in her place that she understands the desire to keep looking. And uh, then after that, Dyson states what we've always known when he tells Tamsin that Bo's a succubus and it's in her nature to see other people. And Tamsin replies, it's not other people I'm worried about. It's just Lauren. Yeah. 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 So, which is in a way understandable, but also kind of like, you know, immature, right? Like if you're going to understand the nature of a succubus and that she's not going to be monogamous ever, then, you know, yeah. Well, that, then that, that's it. Basically you can't, you can't, dictate terms for Bo. You can't tell her who she can be with and who she can't be. That has never worked for anyone who's been with her. Lauren tried to do it and that didn't work out, right? Right. But I guess what I liked in this episode is that a lot of these things were actually verbalized. They were thrown out there for the audience and the other characters to hear. So, Right. Well, because Tamsin is not one to hold back or to be kind of passive aggressive. You know, She's going to say what she thinks always. Last life. Got to get it out now. Exactly. All right. So the cryo containment boxes fail safe is going bad because of the power failure. But when it opens, instead of the world's oldest, most dangerous fay, there's nothing. And then Lauren gets right. into the, you know, blaming Ebony. Bo questions why Lauren's even working for Ebony, which, you know, I, I think we understand all have understood all along why Lauren's working for Ebony. Right, and shows a basic misunderstanding of Lauren's character that Bo has to ask her that question or accuse her of basically selling out. Right, right. Now, talking about misunderstanding the whole situation, yep. suddenly Lauren puts on music, begins dancing with Bo, tells her that none of this has anything to do with turning Ebony Faye again. Bo, you just need to trust me. I don't work for anybody but myself. And then they start kissing. And I'm like, Really? The whole world is falling apart, and now's a good time for this? Well, when that's probably the best time for that. Uh, All right. Well, but part of what I love about this episode also is this whole confusing nature about, you, you know, the vision of somebody that you are connected to. And in a couple cases, we're real clear that it's a vision. And then in another couple cases, we're not so clear. And at this point, I'm really not clear. Is this somebody's vision or did this actually happen? Yeah. And we're kind of, a lot of this episode, we're, we're in doubt like that because we know, well, the one thing, you know, Vex and Mark get it on in the back of the doll, but then Vex mentions something to it to Mark. He's like, what? You know, and then so we just we know, and then we see you know uh, Bo with Dyson, and then right after that, Bo is back with Lauren. So there's obviously we don't up is down. We're not sure what's real and what's not. Yeah, I here. think you know there are some connections I think we can make, but still some it's still pretty pretty fuzzy. Now, while Bo and Lauren are reconnecting, Tamson sees them obviously hurt, and then playing. I don't know what the name of the song is, but the lyric "I wanted to run away with you." is playing over that scene. And, and again, there are a number of really, um, you know, again, I'll use the word heartbreaking. You know, this was not, you know, the most heartbreaking scene, but uh, I clearly felt bad for her. And I, you know, admittedly, she's become my favorite character in the show. So maybe I'm a little. Uh, yeah, I think you have probably. Yeah. 
All right. Well, because she's just being very immature about well, it. Well, I understand. Yeah, you know, like, and 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 all this whole giddy kind of golly gee, we're girlfriends thing is, you know. I mean, like I said, I just I I have trouble buying it because it seems so out of character with Tamsin. Okay. Now the the part I'm glad you even phrased it that way because in terms of being able to buy something. Dyson tracks down Kevin Brown and his wife at their place, and, and she thinks that the police department screwed up, that Dyson questions his story, which changes as he tells it. And Dyson tells him he knows who he is, and it stops tonight. And then, you know, that that whole scene with the marshmallows, which I didn't get it on the first watch, but she did that as a test. Yeah, you know, but it's like, it seemed like she was completely buying his, you know, crap before, and then, like the marshmallows, is what brings it all down. Well, like, I mean, really? well, I mean, I think she had learned to trust Dyson to a certain extent. I mean, he was willing to help her. He seemed genuine. I mean, clearly, there's a lot of weird stuff going on at this point. And I guess it, it, it's almost as if maybe, well, what have I got to lose? If it's really yeah. my husband, he's going to love the marshmallows, and if he's not, that tells me something. He starts choking his wife, revealing that he's Hera. And I think that's the first point where where it's actually revealed. But she's got a nut. Yeah. She's got a knife and plunges it in. And I guess I was a little surprised that that the god would be that vulnerable. But I guess they are dependent on the human body that they've chosen. Right. Exactly. It's still they're still inside the human body, so which is very vulnerable. Speaking of vulnerable. Uh, after their encounter, Mark and Vex return to work, and after some sophomoric dialogue, which I will not repeat, uh, it seems as if Vex remembers, but Mark doesn't. Well, it wasn't Mark. Okay, right. So, so in this case, right. Vex. Well, yeah, we don't. We, we at this point, we don't really know that. Do, do we know that yet? Well, I don't think we know that yet. But I think you know, as the episode draws to a close. You know, uh, who desires whom? Well, I, I guess Vex desires Mark, so that's, this is what Vex saw. I mean, Vex is... Yeah, I, I, I think... I mean, Vex's sexuality has always been ambiguous at best. Right. Yeah. <clears throat> no, after... One, are you talking about when they're playing beer pong, that scene? Uh, no, 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 before that. Oh, okay, right, right. When Mark just doesn't remember. Right, right. Right, okay, at that point, right, we don't know that it's visions, and so we're like, wait, yeah, how does Mark not remember? Was he possessed, or is he being coy yeah. with him? Right, yeah, yeah. Right. Uh, Ebony shows up at the doll. Color me shocked. You have a crush on Teen Wolf. <laughs> Great line. Yeah, uh, maybe one. the best. Yeah, this was, this was an awesome, uh, you know, to me, she's always the Morgan. No, I can't just call her Ebony. Well, well, you know, yeah. no question. And and just in fact, when Vex reminds her this is Fay territory, she shoots back once. Fay always Fay, and and there it is. I mean, that's it. Yep, Fay for life, yo. Yeah, but yeah, it was. I mean, it was just a great episode for for her, and uh, you know, I was loving it. Yeah, because Vex and and the Morgan back back in business. Well, right, and she comes there and she tells him, "I need your help." And, you know, the interesting thing here is that she's completely powerless. She's dependent on him totally, yet to a large extent, she still controls him. Ironically, he's the the mesmer. Right. It was, well, because we know, like, part of her uh, ability to rule before 
didn't just come from her supernatural power, but from, you know, this knowledge of people and ability to manipulate people. Yeah. Yeah. Now the power outage means, you know, what is on the loose. And, and when he hears that Vex clearly is worried. Uh, all right. Now after their encounter, Bo and Lauren wake to find Sam's dead body mutilated. Yeah. Causing Bo to admit that Ebony wasn't lying about the monster. And now Lauren, you know, starts feeling responsible for Sam's death. Bo assures her it's not your fault. Well, you know what? Yeah, it kind of is. Yeah, a little bit. I mean, you know, when I mentioned a few minutes ago, you know, now is not the time to reconnect. Right. So, uh, and then Lauren brings up the guilt she harbors from her Karen Beatty days. And did Bo, did Bo not know about Karen Beatty? I thought she did. She kind of acted like she didn't. No, I think she knew about it, but it's just like why yeah. you're bringing it up now, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, all right. Now, uh, Dyson takes uh, Kevin Brown's wife back to his place, and Bo shows up. But strangely, was that his place or was that the doll? Um, you know what? I guess I thought it was his place. It's so hard to tell because everything's dark, and I yeah, it's really dark. It's really difficult to tell. So I put a question mark as to where. Uh, I th- yeah. So anyway, because I thought I I saw the crime board, but maybe not. But it, oh yeah, they did the crime board up. Is that his place? I, I thought so. Okay. See, that's that. That was the confusion there. For some reason, I thought he had that thing up at, at like in the back room of the dock. Okay. All right. All right. We're good. But strangely, he doesn't smell her, which he says I usually can smell you a mile away, a- right. and uh, she tells him she thinks about him every day, but can't be with him right now. There's a little sexual banter going on. Then she kisses him. And I think we're, you know, safe to say at this point that whose vision is this? His or hers? Right. Well, I was pretty sure it was his and getting suspicious of the kissing bit because, you know, like when Mark was done with Vex, they, they kissed. Okay. Which, again, I, that that seemed, you know, that that's like after what just happened the kiss like i'm like Ugh. okay so so you think <laughs> so, that's his vision okay the, and that makes dyson's, sense yeah dyson vision yeah, yeah for sure yeah. And, and also starting to get suspicious of what all this kissing stuff is all about okay all right now it, it didn't take long for ebony to do what she does best which is take matters into her own hands she and vex are at the clinic looking for the serum and they hear all this rustling look concerned she tells him he knows what to do and he reminds her that's how they met, that he saved her, and I guess from from Eros, right? I mean, I, right. I guess that's what yep. she's implying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. yeah. And he, he helped her to capture Eros. Okay. Yeah. Now, Bo and Lauren appear, and Lauren's dangling the key, I guess, to the serum's cabinet. Lauren accuses Ebony of getting her two assistants killed, and I'm like, hey, <laughs> who turned who human? You're right. I mean, who started this fight? Yeah, yeah, so, true. Um, you know, there are just some things in this episode, particularly with Lauren, that you're not really looking at, at the true picture of what happened here. Right. But it's just, it's just all adversarial stuff that's going on here, right? Well, I understand this, but you know, her direct action of turning Ebony human, while I don't think it would have, you know, made any difference about Hera and Zeus coming down and wreaking havoc, but you know, and how they reacted to things and who got killed and who didn't get killed. Uh, I think it certainly did. Yeah, she, definitely. She has to have some uh, responsibility for that. But I like how it has the, you know, Lauren's like, oh, I'm not working for Ebony. I'm working for myself. And Ebony's like, 
well, I know she's doing some, you know, sketchy stuff on her own, and I want her to know, you know, I, I want her to do it. You know, so it's this whole game that they're both playing. So it's like who's actually in control here, who's actually kind of one up on the other. Yeah, and I mentioned that a couple shows ago that that it, it still surprises me that nothing's been done about that. That that to allow Lauren to have that much power over the Fey, just you know, a bit surprising. Now, I'm not sure who utters it, but and it's probably Evany who says nothing on this earth can kill it. Well, okay, does that mean something not of this earth then? And yeah, well, lightning bolt from Zeus, I think, will do the job. Yeah, and what is that? Bo seems to have, have a plan, uh, and they're trying to figure out what's the monster want. Well, apparently it wants Evany, and, and we certainly know why. And you, you don't know what you're dealing with. Uh, with the ancients back, we're all ground meat. Right. Now, I guess, uh, like we said a, a, a bit ago, Clearly, we're dealing with the Greek gods. So does that mean that the fae that we know, our fae, light and dark, are they just lower-level gods? Are they descendants of gods? Uh, you know? Well, I don't think – I think the term gods is a misnomer in and of itself. I mean, it's just super powerful fae that people took for gods, you know, ascribed to them what, you know, the, the, the name of, of a guy or a deity – I think basically when you get down to it, they're just, they're just right. They're fey. They're just super powerful. They're super powerful. Right. Okay. Right. All right. Well, the plan is to use Evany as bait to draw out Eros. And it's this invisible monster that's killing people. Uh, we learned that uh, apparently Evany dated him at one time, but he chose Psyche over her. She's angry that he wasn't truthful with her. And, uh, you know, I wasn't sure what Bo was getting at when he when she asked Lauren about her throwing skills. Yeah, that was a pretty awesome scene. That that was nice. Uh, yeah, yeah, and I'm like, why why does she give this job to Lauren in the first place? And we just saw a couple episodes with Lauren and the boxing lesson from D. So we're not really trusting her athletic skills here. So this is a pretty important job, and you're gonna. You know, give Lauren the job of throwing the axe. Like, mm. yeah, good point. Okay. Uh, although I did like, you know, that that you know when when she goes over and she breaks the glass, grabs the axe, and you know, I'm done being afraid. And you know, maybe Bo heard that. Maybe Bo thought, you know what? It's like, don't think, just throw it. And, and right, the, the throw. Oh, the throwing stars. Yep. Oh, there you the go. Throwing stars and the needle. So, that's where it all, right. all comes. So that's why she got the call. Yeah. So Lauren hits him in the back with the axe. Suddenly, and this is what you mentioned before, lightning strikes him, and apparently he's been struck dead by Zeus's lightning bolt, but who knows? We can't see the body. Yeah. Not- True. Well, you know, a super massive blast of lightning yeah. might do that to you. Though. Well, you would think. All right. Well, tricks pouring over texts. Isabeau appears to him and tells him they'll be together soon. And, and obviously this is, uh, you know, who he desires. And, and so again, this is clearly a vision. There's, there's no mistake in there. She disappears. The oracles appear chanting again about the darkness and the light. And, and he asks whether or not anyone's had an unusual encounter of a sexual nature <laughs> and all the hands go up slowly. Yeah. You know, um, okay, maybe me. But then he he explains it further that they're trying to arouse us 
to extract our truth. And we're still not clear what that truth exactly is. Right. Right. And I like the part where like, you know, Trix is like, oh, the oracles appear as the person that the victim most desires. It's just like awkward. Yeah. Well, you know, it is, but I guess on the other on the other hand, for certainly for the audience, it was very revelatory. And uh, I think in a lot of cases we knew, but in some of the cases, you know, we, we weren't well, so sure. No, but it, it's, but it's awkward because like Mark doesn't like, we totally are in like that dramatic irony. We totally know. Okay. Vex is totally in the Mark, but Mark has no clue at all about it. Right. And the one time we saw Mark, he was with girls, so right. he might not even be into guys. So it's just, uh, you know, Vex is just like, oh, like, I, hopefully they won't ask me who I saw. You know? Good point. Good point. All right. So uh, as we move through that scene, though, it, it becomes increasingly evident that they want Bo's truth. Why? Well, I mean, something about her being the chosen one, eh? She tells Trick that her father is Hades and relates how he took Aoife. And again, I guess I forgot that Trick didn't know. How did he not know this? Yeah. Right. As I said the same thing. So, you know, again, a very revelatory. Uh, and, and once again, I have to go back to She's like, you know, maybe that candle had something to do with all this stuff that's going. It's like, you think? Yep. Yeah, it's like you bring something back from Hades, you light it. What do you think is going to happen? Oh, is that a long candle or a fat good? candle? Right. Okay. <laughs> uh, Both. Yeah, right. No question. Although, I, I guess to be fair, uh, there was no reason for her not to trust Persephone. On the other hand, there was every reason to not trust yeah. Persephone. Why would you trust her? Because you slept with her all of a sudden? Like, she's your buddy? Well, Come on. It's her stepmom. Come on. And granted, maybe all of this does tie together, and this is all some kind of Hades' big plan. Because, like, I, I, I am completely convinced now that Hades is going to be the guy to come in and save the day and help them defeat Zeus. Okay. All right. Well, Bo comes home looking for Tamsin, and the oracles are there for Bo's truth. And and so this is Bo's vision, we assume, that she's asking Dyson if he's right. had any luck finding the ancients. And he says, you chose me first for a reason. It's love. It doesn't go away. And then she tells him, but it changes. And then suddenly Lauren appears. As long as we're walking the earth, we, cannot be, we can't not be together. I, I don't like double negatives, but. No, didn't, I thought you said as long as I'm walking the earth, we can't be together. Um, I thought I, I wrote it down as, as long as we're walking the earth, we can't not be together, meaning that okay. they have to be together. I guess maybe. Okay. I'll take your word right. for it. Um, now is there something about walking the earth that's important? Yeah, I'd say so. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's like, well, Isabeau said that the trick too, right? Yeah. Yeah. So there's a lot of this stuff about, you know, people getting together maybe in the afterlife. Okay. So, so is it fair to say in, in, Bo's vision of who she desires, she desires Dyson and Lauren. Right. right. But it's her vision, and her vision of Dyson says, you chose me first for a reason. Now, we don't know what that reason necessarily is, but either way. Now, Lauren disappears, and we hear that deep male voice, don't be afraid. 
dad. Right. The oracles yeah. reappear and trick pushes him away. So was that Hades voice? We, she thinks so. Yeah. I mean, that's probably the best assumption that we have. It doesn't necessarily have to be, but yeah, clearly, I mean, she, she obviously believes it is. And, you know, we'll, we'll go, we trust. Bill. Well, you know who I feel worse for is trick because I mean, look, all of this stuff is new to everybody, but it just seems like there's so much that's being thrown at trick. Well, what do the ancients want with my granddaughter? And, yeah, and now my a-hole son has right, come uh, back too. And Bo tells him that her father's Hades, the story of, story of Aoife, her stepmother Persephone helping her. What if lighting the candle brought them here? Well, like you alluded to a few minutes ago, you think? Yeah. And his line, time for us to meet the other side of the family. All right, well, the oracles return to Zeus. He looks into or she looks into the eyes of Cassie. She has it, and she doesn't even know, referring to Bo. So what does Bo have? Uh, Okay, like you said, the chosen one, but what does that mean? So whatever Bo has, I mean, is Bo going to be one of these 12 Olympians? She has a certain panache, Yes, no question. Um, And then Cassie asks to be let go. I did everything you asked of me. Okay, you can go. Pushes her off the balcony. Yeah, and totally didn't see that one coming, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, they saw them from like a freaking mile away. Right now, like, oh, they're on the balcony. Someone starts bitching. Oh, what's going to happen to her? Now, did you notice in the uh, aforementioned beer pong scene, the younger yes. Luke Billick nailed like I think at least two in a row. Yeah, he's kicking the crap. Vex out didn't of even Vex. come close. Um, yeah, beer pong is is definitely a generational thing that I. Just missed out on. Yeah, and I, comp- I remember it was like guys who were a couple years younger than me. I, you know, would go back to college or whatever yep. to visit, and uh, you know, they all of a sudden was playing beer pong. Yes. Now Vex explains the, his complicated relationship with Ebony to Mark, and when Eros dumped her, Vex helped lock him up for her. And as he says, she's been evil ever since. And then Mark asked Vex, well, did you see Evany in his vision? Well, who did Vex see? I think we, we established that it seems likely it was Mark that he saw. Yeah, it wasn't likely. It was. Right. Totally was. Right. So who desires whom? Dyson sees Bo. Trick sees Isabeau. Right. Yes. Vex sees Mark. Yep. Uh, Bo sees Lauren and Dyson. Right. The Lauren Bo encounter, I guess this is Lauren seeing Bo. I mean, because we don't, otherwise, we don't have Lauren's vision. So that's why I'm thinking that maybe that encounter back at the lab is her vision. Well, no, she wouldn't have a vision because she wasn't one of the people who was like blood linked to Bo. Oh, right? good point. Like that's, that's the only people they're going after. Okay. Okay. Ah, oh, good point. Yeah, thank you. So, All right. Uh, closing scene, Bo returns to the clubhouse and finds Tamsin waiting for her. We know this is not going to end yes, well. Yes, um, bad, bad, bad. You know, at, at first, Tamsin thinks Bo's just going to tell her that she needs to see other people, and she goes, hey, I'm okay with that. She thinks Bo's heart lies with her. And Tamsin is crushed when Bo tells her that while she loves her, she doesn't love her in that way. And, you know, Wayne, uh, again, admittedly, she's my favorite character, but that scene is among the best acted scenes in the series. I mean, it's right up there with uh, Hale's death scene 
and uh, Cassinius solos. Kenzie just, just, you know, horrified at what the love of her life, you know, has happened to him. And, and, you know, she's like, don't patronize me. Don't tell me I'm stupid. And, and, uh, you know, really, I don't know. And, and then when she follows it up, what's wrong with me? You know, the, like this, this yeah, self-loathing. That was, that, that was, that was rough. Um, and then she, because you feel, you feel really bad for her, you know, it's like, and, and that is that kind of natural thing. Like, how come you can't love me? What's wrong with me? And, you know, but just sometimes you, uh, I don't know. Well, it is something, and you've met, again, you've alluded to it several times tonight that, that, you know, she's acting like a teenager. Right. right? And, and I guess in a sense she is. Um, and, and you feel bad for Bo having to deal with this because really Bo hasn't done anything to lead her on. I mean, okay, like, like Tam says, well, uh, well, we didn't sleep with her. Well, but look, she's a succubus. That's what she right. does. So, but, but like, you know, like young people then get wrapped up in that, right? Yeah. Yeah. And all of a sudden it's, it's love. It's not just a, a romp in the hay. This is true love. And, yeah. yeah. Well, she. So I'm not blaming Bo and everything, but I'm just saying you can see how you know with Tamsin with like what kind of like the stage of her new life she's dealing with now, how she she could get caught up like that. But on the other hand, still remembering Tamsin from before, it's awkward and uncharacteristic. Tamsin leaves, tells Bo, "Don't follow me." And I, I think one of the big questions, well, we'll get to that in, in a minute, so I'll, I'll hold off on that. Uh, and then, again, the, bring back the candle. Bo blows out Persephone's candle, walks away as the episode's coming to a close, and then I think we all knew it was going to happen. It relights itself. Yeah, yeah. Well, you knew when the, the camera didn't leave it. But it, it kind of reminds because we actually did it too um, – my my daughter for her birthday one year we put like the the candles that don't go out nice. and it was just so fun because like I have this picture of her and she just looks like, like she's starting to get like really tired from blowing <laughs> it's just like uh so but you can, that's like a trick you don't pull once because yeah. then you know every time afterwards you try it like the kids are like oh I know what this is all right, yeah. all right well you know we got a lot of questions. Uh, and, and I mentioned this before, assuming Lauren's serum refers to a serum with the ability to turn Faye human, will it be used to neutralize Zeus and the others? You know, is that how we're going to put an end to all this? You know, will Lauren and science turn out to be the hero? Maybe. All right. Now, now that Bose rebuffed Tamsin's advances, will Tamsin lash out? You know, what's going to become oh, of her? most definitely. Well, how powerful is she? You know, we don't She's really know. And who? And well, who will she remember, exact? Who will she exact revenge against? Well, she still got that contract out, right? Yeah, that she never brought Bo in. Like, there's she still has that job on the table. Yeah, nice, but I think she's going to go after Lauren first. Well, yeah, probably uh, because in her mind that will be easier. And right. all right, let's get to the candle for a second. I mean, is the candle a portal? Is does the candle open a portal? Clearly, it, it, it has some like significant it. role. Yeah, and it goes back to that that scene where you know Bo first lit it. And remember the the first lighting 
she tries to lay and it pops up in the the, the hands of that woman on the elevator. Right. Um, Zeus. Right, but not yet, though, I don't think. Right. And then, but it goes out and then disappears. And then she lights it again. And this time it stays on. And that's when it really appears again in the woman's hands. And then she kind of looks at the camera and she's got this evil type smile on her face. Um, so, yeah, there's, you know, it, it seems like definitely it's some kind of portal or opens up a portal. But really, with the full significance of what that candle does is still, I think, remains to be seen. Yeah. All right. Well, what does Bo not know? Right. The Oracle says she doesn't even know. So right. what doesn't she know? And then uh, lastly, at least from, from my end, it's unclear. And you and I were talking about this before we started recording. It's unclear whether or not Hades fathered any children with anyone other than Persephone. So it's interesting to see where the writers take this. And you didn't seem you know, too enamored of my theory that is it possible that Hades is not Bo's biological father and that something else will happen yeah no i'm pretty sure that he's actually her father but who knows right you know we thought remember the wanderer we spent a lot of time thinking he was her dad yeah yeah. and then you know like you were saying to me earlier you know what you think about hades yeah that, that he's gonna turn out come to help her out a little bit and that um well and when she was leaving with the candle that hairy arm reaches into the elevator was that Hades trying to stop her from leaving with the candle? Yeah. You know. Yeah. I, I don't know. Wow. I'm telling you, There's man. All kinds of all kinds of questions. Yeah. Great episode. And I'm telling you. Yeah, it's fantastic. Yeah. So uh anything else you want to throw out there? Um, I don't think so. I think we yeah, covered it pretty much. All right, cool. All right, well, we want to thank you for joining us tonight. And if you'd like to send some feedback about this episode or any episode, we'd love to hear from you. Emails to fadelesspodcast at gmail.com or voicemails via SpeakPipe, which you can access through the Fadeless website. We'll be back next week to talk about the Lost Girls Season 5 mid-season finale, Episode 8, End of Phase. But until then... Well, you know, Dave, sometimes we get, like, some feedback, and they say, Wayne, you know, like, it seems like Dave is, is kind of bossy, you know, around, kind of like trying to order you around. And I, I always tell them the same thing. I said, I love taking orders from the man with the leaky roof and the piss-sticky floors. 